That's it for right now. We're going to go ahead and bring on our next live guest this morning. We've got Blythe Brumley joining us here talking all about why people are choosing to maybe go a different route when it comes to their media. And Blythe, thank you for being here. Talk to us a little bit about the rise of the niche media provider as we are one here at Freight Waves. Exactly. We're all sort of beneficiaries of the the niche media market. But many of us, especially covering freight, we come from some of those legacy media sort of providers, whether at the local level or at the national level. And there's been no secret that a lot of those legacy media providers over the last few weeks and over the last few years have suffered major layoffs. They've suffered major economic turmoil within their own organizations. And it's leading to, you know, this area of news where some of these legacy media media companies are forced to focus on a niche opinion or a niche political party. And it is shunning the rest of their audience base that they have sometimes spent decades crafting. And so I heard this interesting theory. It's it's called um, the erosion of the the Gelman amnesia theory, which is essentially for uh, for folks who are reading the paper and you know a lot about a subject and you can read an article and tell, well, that's, you know, that that's filled with misinformation, that that's filled with inaccurate data. You know, we saw a lot of that um, within our own industry with the, you know, sort of the truck driver shortage narrative. But the erosion of that Gelman amnesia theory or the erosion of it is is essentially talking about how you read the rest of the paper and you believe everything else to be true. Well, that has slowly eroded over the last decade or so. And now uh, uh, many folks are choosing to go direct. They're choosing to support independent journalists. They're choosing to support industry and trade publications. So it's really an evolution of how we digest media. And we don't necessarily trust a lot of those legacy players anymore. We, we trust going directly to the experts or sometimes a lot of different experts. I think a lot of the fact that we're changing our media consumption comes from the fact that we are now just inundated with it at all times, right? We all have our smartphones there. You can open it up and within a second and a half, maybe even less than that, find something that either directly negates your personal opinion or directly supports your personal opinion. And back when these media companies, this traditional arm of media was founded, most people were getting their media through consuming their morning paper and then sitting down and watching the evening news at night. And in between those spaces, there was nothing there to fill their information with. And it's also led us as media consumers to be very kind of scrutinizing about who we care to listen to and who we dedicate that really valuable time to. When we're watching now the rise of these niche players, is it more of folks who have maybe one or two nuanced opinions about one or two nuanced industries or those who can create those nuanced opinions about a million different topics that are seeing the most traction? So it's kind of a little bit of both. And, and so a, a good analysis of this is, is what I've heard is that the economic models for the old legacy players just don't necessarily work anymore. Traditionally, you would have a you know a beat reporter that would cover one, maybe two stories a week. And, and some of the cost analysis that, that I heard around it is that an article costs about $1,000 that week. So you're, you're considering about $2,000 for that beat or for that beat writer in order to, to you know, I guess, survive. But then for that article, it has to then get over 100,000 clicks, sometimes over 150,000 clicks in order for that economic model to work where you're driving enough clicks to that article to make sense. And so with that evolving of the, of the economic model, you're also having evolving of the attention model. And so where this attention span is going is essentially to these star reporters or these star journalists, or you have some independent voices that have, have recently just gone direct and they've 
started up their own media channels. Um, they start up a sub stack. And so what you have is this sort of culmination of you're trusting one, maybe a handful of people that are going to do their due diligence and they're going to go and source all of these different facts. And so that's how we're consuming the news. And they put a little bit of flair on it too. Sometimes you could argue that, that they sensationalize their news. I'm talking about some of the bigger, you know, media players that have gone independent as of you know, w- within the last few years. And so what you have is that they're building up their own little unique fan bases. And now, um, you know, the majority of Americans don't have anywhere where they can just go get the boring news because boring news doesn't sell. So if you go back and look at like the archives of like the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, you have situations where these articles are really boring. And so what you now have is that you have the this ecosystem where these personalities, they they really care about their profile and elevating their profile. And so they're going to disseminate the news and then they're going to give that to you. And then you have to kind of hope that they're giving you all of the facts and they're giving you all of the nuance around that certain topic. When in reality, uh, you know, a lot of the audience nowadays, they have to go and search out several different sources, several different opinions. And let's be honest, the majority of people aren't just going to do that. So they're going to pick their people that they like the most, and they're just going to trust that they get it right. And that's sort of the the state of, you know, how legacy media has evolved to present day. But then you have outside factors, uh, you know, even Google search to, to an extent is is still an outside factor that's determining what you digest. Um, YouTube, TikTok, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all of these different channels that are, you know, it, you can make the argument that are lessening our attention spans and and making bite-sized style of news where it doesn't offer that nuance. So it's almost like a gluttony of news and now it's up to the individual to disseminate between all of it. So Blythe, we've got about a minute left. Really quickly, as we see this change, obviously it leads into the space for people who maybe are a little bit ego-driven in the way that they provide their information, right? They get that boost from the views, from the clicks, whatever, whatever. Does that open up now a dangerous channel for us to really have to be discerning about is the people who are on there to do the service, do be the journalism, deliver that information versus the ones who are just getting that ego boost from the clicks and the attention? I think it's going to be really tough to sort of tell which ones are trying to get the ego boost because it could be at any period of time. You know, you could have a, a just a brief moment where you want that ego boost throughout the year, but then the rest of your coverage is really solid. It really comes down to trusting individuals and, and you trust individuals through subscription payments. And I think that that's the evolution of where a lot of media is going is you're going to these niche players, you're going direct to consumer, you're going to the niche experts, the niche trade publications, and you're getting your news from them. And then that way you can just um, uh, disseminate that news or at your own will if you want to. And majority of people just probably aren't going to do that. So it's really up to self-education at this point. That's going to be quite the interesting space to watch, especially as we sit in that niche medium player. Bly, thank you for joining us here this morning. And of course, if people want to catch you at Everything Is Logistics, where can they do it? Word has it you're going to be Manifest next week. Yes, I, I am going to Vegas like a crazy person in back-to-back weeks. So I'll be at Manifest and then I'll be at CLDA, uh, the Last Mile Conference. And uh, yeah, I'll be recording all about your content. And you can find all of that over on everythingislogistics.com. Might as well just stay for the Super Bowl in between that as well. <laughs> Bly, thank you for joining us this morning. We'll catch you later. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back with our next Carrier Update in just a few minutes. <laughs> 